Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about bringing on an employee and what is the best way to bring an employee on to your pool service business. Leslie's Pool Supplies is a proud partner of the Pool Guy Podcast Show. Leslie's Pool Supplies has been do-it-yourselfers and pool trade professionals' trusted partners since 1963, providing quality products and services to make pool care easy and solutions and expertise to do it right. So this podcast was actually requested by a group member who is thinking about bringing on an employee to his pool service business and the various ways you can bring them on and all the details basically about payroll that you would need to know before you bring an employee on. And so the first thing is the math. You want to make sure that it makes sense to bring on an employee. If you're growing to a point where you need to bring an employee on, does it make sense to bring an employee on? and maybe potentially lose some profit in so doing, and can you grow with that employee to compensate for that loss in profit? And so I think um, this is one thing that you're going to have to kind of decide on your own. You're probably going to have to start with a part-time employee, I think, in most cases, give them a portion of your pool route, and then from there you can expand out and gradually add accounts to, to that employee and build it up. I'm not sure if you really want to bring on an employee full-time, take over your route and maybe if you do repairs and things like that you can compensate for the hit you're going to take on that because not only are you going to pay the employee but you're going to also lose money depending not lose money but actually allocate money for taxes and things like that depending on how you bring the employee on now in california there's been a dramatic change in the laws here and in the past You could actually bring an employee on as an independent contractor or a 1099 employee. And it was very easy. You would just hire that person, give them a certain amount of pools to do, get a per pool rate set, and then pay them that. And then you would give them a a W-2 at the end of the year. And then they would file their taxes as a 1099 independent contractor. Well, those days in California are definitely over. Um, There's so many stipulations and rules. You can read about them on the California website. Um, But basically, you have to meet a lot of criteria for that employee to be a 1099 employee. And one of the criteria that you can't meet, I don't think, as a pool service company is the like business category. So this affects hair salons. It affects, you know, music schools that pay instructors because you're basically running the same business that they're running as a 1099 employee and so is a like business and that automatically disqualifies Um, so that's pretty much gone now there's a workaround i talked about this in a different podcast the workaround that you can actually do in california but the workaround has costs associated with it for both you and for your potential quote-unquote employee and that is for you to form a corporation an llc or you know a c corp whatever your cpa um, suggests you form based on your assets and income and how you have your company structured and then that quote unquote employee forms his own corporation 
and then you're going to pay him corporation to corporation and that's the only way to get around the rules in California. Now I mentioned the added cost, there's filing fees to form a corporation if you have someone do it for you. You're looking, you know, anywhere from 1500 to $2500 for the filing of that and then you pay um, there's also filing for the corporate taxes. Depending on the corporation, the fees are different. So definitely check with a CPA on that. I don't want to quote any fees here um, on this podcast. But it is an added expense to both you, the former corporation, if you're not one already, and for your potential employee, the former corporation. And so that's the only way you can actually keep them as a 1099 employee um, as, is as a corporation in California now. Other states, the 1099 rules are very liberal still, I'm sure. But I can tell you right now that most of the states are going to move towards California and gradually get there because of the payroll tax situation. And the state really wants people to pay into it, um, paying the Social Security, paying the payroll tax. And so they're going to tighten that up. So if if you do want to do a 1099 employee in your state or area, you may still be able to do that. But as far as California goes, that's pretty much impossible. And so if you were to do a 1099 employee, you would give a per pool rate. And depending on the regions, they vary widely, you know, anywhere from $12 per pool up to $15. Uh, One of the guys in the groups in Hawaii uh, on the islands, and he gives his employee $20 per pool. So definitely um, one of those things that you're going to have to um, find out in your area what the per pool rate is for your 1099 employee. Now they'll have their own truck. You're going to probably give them the equipment and supplies to operate. You may have them buy their own equipment. I don't know how you're going to structure that. It's structured all differently everywhere. Um, You may even have company trucks. That kind of gets into the gray area of the 1099 employee because they'll file their taxes as an independent contractor, which typically means they have their own equipment, their own vehicle, things like that. And so, again, you have to sit down with your CPA to make sure that you set it up structural-wise to be legal in your state or area because you don't want to be audited and find out that he should have been an employee because he's using a company truck, he's using company equipment, and therefore he's not technically a true independent contractor, and then you're going to be liable for all the penalties and back taxes on that. So definitely sit down with your CPA and make sure that you have it dialed in there and you actually you actually have a 1099 employee because the state will audit you. California is really notorious for that. And they'll audit you to make sure that you actually have an independent contractor that you're working with. So there's a lot of rules. You can look them up in your state to see how they qualify for that. Um, But if you don't want to deal with all that and the headache of that, you may just want to make them a straight employee. And then this is where I mentioned the cost or the allocation or the extra cost will go into. Because basically, when you do payroll, you actually double the payroll, at least in California, you're paying everything that the employee employee pays, you're paying as the employer. So I'll give you an example with my own company. And I think these are the same across the board in every state because they're the federal withholdings. And so first, the employee will pick their federal holding number. And that doesn't affect you as the employer, because they'll get with they'll be withheld from their check, depending on what they file as. But the ones that are going to affect you are the medic, Medicare, which is 1.45, and then Social Security, which is 6.2%. And so to keep things simple, let's say that your employee makes $1,000 a week doing the pool route. Um, That's $2,000 every pay period if you do the payroll every two weeks. And that means that that's $153 
that you're liable for 6.2% plus 1.45%, 1.45%, that's correct. And so that's going to be um, 76.50 a week, which is 153 every two weeks, which in the course of 25 paychecks over the course of a year, if the employee makes 1000 a month, you're liable for almost 4000 in the federal taxes that you pay into it because you pay whatever the employee pays, so 38.25 to be exact. So roughly 4000 is your tax liability there, just with the payroll part of it, with the federal. And then the states vary and differ, so there's also some fees in California. So besides the uh, state withholding, you have kind of junk fees, the uh, FUTA, ER, and what that is, 0.6%. And then you have 0.1%, and you have a 3.4% um, tax on something. So it all adds up depending on your state. And so you figure an employee making 1000 a month with federal and state taxes in California is probably roughly 5000 I would say, with all the other junk taxes that California adds on to it as the employer. So anywhere from four to 5000 a year that you're going to pay as the employer with an employee on the books making $1,000 every week or $4,000, roughly $4,000 a month or $48,000 or $50,000 a year. And that's probably what you're going to average if you have a full-time employee doing a good portion of your pool route. So that's not an unrealistic amount of money to consider with a full-time employee doing you know 70 or 80 pools for you depending on how much you charge for your pool. So that's that aspect of it. And then you have another aspect of workers' comp. Should you have workers' comp for your employee? And the answer in California is it's required to have workers' comp. So if you have an employee in a certain field, you're going to have to have the workers' comp insurance also. That's to protect you also. I've heard many stories of people with employees that don't have workers' comp where the employee sprains an ankle, breaks an arm, and then without the workers' comp, they file a claim. The state finds out you don't have it, and the state will come after you for that fact and so sometimes the employees will hold you hostage they may threaten to call the state on you if you don't have workers comp and they get hurt and all these horror stories that you hear the good news is that the classification for pool maintenance is not the higher construction one and so it's uh, I think it's class code 9014 or something around that and so it's more like for janitorial service and so it's not going to be a huge amount of money but it's going to be somewhere in the range of, I think, three or 400 You can't quote me on that, but it's going to add to the cost of an employee, definitely, maybe 600 a month, uh, depending. So you figure you had that, fourth, I'm going to say 4000 in taxes that are due as the employee, employer, and then you're going to have, let's say, to keep it simple, $400 a month for workers' comp. That's about 5000 there. So altogether, you're looking at about 9000 a year, to have an employee that's making about 48000 for you under your payroll. So that's about, what is that, 20% is going towards um, workers' comp and payroll taxes. So that's pretty significant, I think, to have you know $9,000 going towards all of this um, with an employee. So now you have to kind of calculate, where is this extra $9,000 coming from in my business? And so if you have the employee doing 80 accounts for you, You'll take that 9000 of extra costs, workers' comp, and the taxes, and then you'll divide that by the 80 pools, and that's $112. And so each pool is going to have to go up about $9.40 to cover the extra amount that you're paying the employee, not 
paying the employee, but the, that the employee costs you with taxes or workers' comp. So, so adding on the extra employee is not a total disaster. You just have to add that to the cost of each account. And then, of course, you're going to have to see that after adding that cost to each account, so if everyone's paying you 100 a month, you'll raise the rate to 110 basically to cover that expense. And then you're going to have to see that if that's going to be enough for you to bring the employee on. If you're paying him X amount per pool, you'll have to see if it's actually logical to bring him on and at what capacity because, again, you'd have to raise your service rates in some cases to compensate for a potential loss in income based on the fees and taxes. So at the current per pool rate and then maybe a potential raise in the per pool rate that you have for your customers minus how much you're paying the employee to do the pool, is there enough there to bring on the employee? And that's something you have to kind of put on paper and decide for yourself. I think going with a straight employee is probably the easiest way to do it, even though it's more expensive. It'll keep you from getting in trouble with the state, with the 1099 rules, especially in California. But in other states, you may find problems with that also if they enforce them strictly. And so most pool service companies, I think, will bring them on as an employee. They'll pay them as an employee, and they'll pay the taxes and do all the deductions. I really don't recommend bringing on an employee and pay them under the table. I think if you do that, you're opening a whole can of worms. You're setting yourself up to maybe be held hostage by this employee later on. And it's just not ethical. You really want to report your taxes to a point where um, your everything's legitimate. And there's a number of reasons for that. If you're building wealth, you want to show that you have income. And if you're going to be buying rental properties or investing, um, that income needs to be there. Also for Social Security, you know whether you believe it's going to be there or not at the end, um, when you're going to need it. If you're cheating on your taxes, you're also cheating on yourself on Social Security. So I think it's better to report everything, be honest, have everything on the books, and do it that way. You'll sleep better at night. You won't need to worry about being audited by the IRS. As a landlord with rental properties, I know for a fact that the IRS will actually knock on your rental property doors and ask the tenants how much they're paying every month if you do get audited. So every penny needs to actually be accounted for. And I think that's good business practice in every business model, from pool service to real estate to any kind of business you run. And so I highly discourage someone from hiring someone and paying them cash under the table. It's just not lot uh, smart and it's not good business practice and I probably will record a separate podcast on some um, breakdowns of certain things and I think this is a good lead into that and I'll probably do one on how to break down your expenses so that you can see if you're actually making a profit in your business and you know where's the tipping point in your business and I'll, I'll definitely record one of those if you're looking for a previous podcast you go to my website swimmingprolearning.com and you can pull up the podcast list if you click on the icon on the banner, it'll go through all the previous shows that I recorded. And definitely, if you want to enhance your business, um, you can join my coaching program at PoolGuyCoaching.com. A lot of great benefits for joining that. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash poolguy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash poolguy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.